When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Drags, and it's Wednesday, April 17th, time for episode 294 of Patriots Beat on the CLNS Media Network. Find us at clnsmedia.com, and of course, as always, follow us on Twitter at PatriotsCLNS. We're gearing up fast for the 2019 NFL Draft, and no team needs to take full advantage of this annual restocking plan more than the New England Patriots. How are they going to use their 12 picks in the draft to restock and reload? Last week, we spoke to CLNS colleague and expert Evan Lazar. This week, I want to welcome someone who also pays particular attention to roster building throughout the season and does a great job of it on patspropaganda.com. Hello once again, Mike Dussault. How have you been, bud? Hey, Trags, I've been great uh, enjoying my, my Super Bowl offseason. Uh, it's been nice, but uh, obviously it's it's been an interesting off season already and uh it looks like it's uh even got more interesting so uh so it's uh it's an exciting time things turn the page pretty quick to the off season you are also full disclosure a bruins fan and watching monday night have you been are you over it <laughs> you know i just they got to get that top line going i feel like that's sure do. Uh, you know that's the big key and and if they do that it'll it'll change things quickly hopefully so uh hopefully they can turn it around and extend the series a little bit all right, let's get to the business at hand, and that is the Patriots. First of all, the news here um, that was reported on Tuesday, and the Patriots confirming it, was that they have signed Demarius Thomas, 31-year-old veteran-wide receiver, nine years with uh, Denver and uh, actually half a year with the Houston Texans, um, signed him to a one-year contract. Uh, he's coming off a an Achilles tear injury, a, rup- a ruptured Achilles tendon uh, late in the 18 season. What do you think of the deal for uh, wide receiver depth? I mean, I think they had to do it. It's just right now the wide receiver depth is is non-existent, essentially. I mean, you don't know what you could possibly get out of Josh Gordon. I mean, the only thing you really know is that you have Julian Edelman, who obviously is a big piece of the puzzle. But after him, there's not much proven, uh, exciting talent on the on the roster. So I felt like they had to do it. I never loved Demarius Thomas. You know, when he was in Denver, I feel like Logan Ryan, uh, you know, when you're physical with him, he seemed to kind of wither in the big spots. Um, so, but you look at what they had, and, and it felt like that was a move they had to make, just like it was with Safarian Jenkins at tight end. I think that's a great point. Um, just going over the wide receiver depth uh, depth chart now, uh, it is Julian Edelman and Philip Dorsett. I'm not putting in Demarius Thomas yet over Philip Dorsett. I don't think you can do that. But after those two, you go Maurice Harris, uh, Demarius Thomas, Bruce Ellington, and Braxton Berrios. Oof. I mean, who? <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, you know what's interesting about Braxton Berrios, and we talked about this mm-hmm. last week with Evan, um, is that um, he could be a big part of the Patriots' plans, not just as a wide receiver, but he could be Cordell, uh, Cordero Patterson's replacement um, as a returner. 
Sure, absolutely. And I mean, I think, you know, we just, I, I saw a few practices last year with him and I mean, he just really didn't get the chances. Um, you know, so there's, there's obviously a, a huge hole for, you know, not only a, to develop an inside kind of quick receiver behind Edelman to kind of replace Edelman, be it, you know, returning kicks, returning punts, especially, you know, try to manage Edelman a little bit there. Um, uh, but you know, you also need the outside guys too. So he's a definite X factor. He's had kind of a year in the system. Ellington, uh, you know, Harris, those are those kind of, you know, journeyman guys. You throw at the wall a little bit, you've, uh, and see if maybe they click with Tom Brady. We've seen that happen sometime, but, uh, you know, wide receiver remains a, a huge need for the draft, uh, you know, both inside and outside. Well, let's not, uh, also going back to Demarius Thomas, let's not forget the fact that Josh McDaniels drafted Demarius Thomas along with Tim Tebow, right? Back in two, 2010, uh, out of Georgia Tech. Absolutely. And, and, you know, you think if who knows how long it's going to take him to recover from this and, and, you know, being older, how good is he going to be? I mean, we have seen guys come back from that injury. Also, you know, the same one that pro- projected starting left tackle Isaiah Wynn is coming off of. Uh, it's a significant injury. So it's, it's hard to really know what you could possibly count on from him. But, you know, if they're able to get him through camp, maybe keep him on the, the PUP list and bring him along slowly. And, you know, then he becomes reinforcements in October, which, you know, could badly be needed. Uh, and, you know, they would find a way to use him. I mean, he still has the skill set, uh, you know, and, and the Patriots are always creative with guys and playing to their strengths, whatever he might have left. And he's also Demarius Thomas, uh, 31 years old. He's a four-time uh, Pro Bowl selection and uh, five straight years of 1,000-yard uh, uh, receiving uh, from t- 2012 through uh, 2016. I mean, that's an incredible run of productivity, but obviously the Patriots don't bring you on because of past production per se. It's what could he possibly do uh, for the Patriots and how he could help Tom Brady, a guy that uh, here's another wide receiver who, like Eric Decker, is toward the end of his career and might get a chance to prove um, that he has a little bit of gas left in the tank. But I'm sure, you know, the contract isn't going to really, um, the numbers are not out on it yet uh, as we record this on Tuesday night. Uh, but certainly, uh, I'm sure the Patriots are not taking a big risk here. Oh, for sure. And and I think it, it just goes back to what I think they do every offseason in free agency, which is, you know, build essentially a team you could maybe roll out in September that would be competitive. So there is not a, a super duper glaring like we have to find a starter here in the draft uh, kind of need. They, they establish that kind of baseline at all positions, which, you know, I think they pretty much had done, you know, a week ago. It's It seemed like tight end and wide receiver were positions where, geez, they really haven't established that baseline yet. And uh, I think in, you know, the fact that they went out and added those two guys kind of that rounds things out. I mean, it's, it's hard to say, you know, that this is a, you know, Super Bowl caliber set of weapons. Uh, but I certainly think they have the draft capital to add some more exciting pieces to the puzzle, you know, especially wide receiver tight end. And I'm sure those defending this move and defending Demarius Thomas, namely uh, Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels, would tell you that his most productive seasons came in an offense that Peyton Manning was running the offense out in Denver. And certainly that's a big deal and that's a big difference. And that's what I think maybe the Patriots foresee with Demarius Thomas is if you get the right quarterback throwing him the football um, and you get Thomas on uh, the same page with uh, TB12, 
you know, maybe there is, I'm not saying there's going to be 1,619 yards like there was in 2014, uh, but you could be looking at maybe eight, 900 yards with, let's say, seven or eight touchdowns. And somehow, some way, they've got to replace the red zone production lost with the retirement of Rob Gronkowski. Oh, I mean that, I mean, I think that's the biggest blow is, is, you know, just how much you're losing in both the run and the pass game without Gronk. And I mean, obviously Gronk was Gronk, uh, you know, in the red zone and the, and the touchdowns and all that. But I mean, talk about a player who really, you know, made that run game go last year, uh, you know, even when he was having his down moments as a receiver. Uh, and, and, you know, I'd throw Dwayne Allen into that mix as well. I mean, when you look at, how those two tight ends contributed to the 2018 team, and now you've lost those two guys. Uh, you know, even without the wide receivers, all that. I mean, I think that's the bigger impact to kind of this offense is, you know, do they start to sputter that run game? If they can't reproduce that, that's going to put a lot more pressure on Brady in the pass game. So uh, I think it's interesting times for sure, uh, especially at tight end and, and how they replace Gronk with a multitude. You know, it's going to take two, three guys. And, and I don't know for sure if they have those two, two or three guys yet. Yeah, maybe they have one in, in Austin Safarian Jenkins, though. Speaking with Mike Dussault of PatsPropaganda.com, follow him on Twitter at Pat's Propaganda. What about Austin Safarian Jenkins? I mean, it's, it's, he looks the part. Um, you know, I think he's more of a, a pass catcher. You know, I th- he's not going to bring the same dirty work kind of blocking, uh, that Gronk was able to do and, and take on some of the biggest, you know, defensive ends, those guys and, and, and you know, pin them at the edge. Um, you know, but I think he's, you know, the most experienced guy now on the roster and, and, you know, at least gives them somebody who, uh, has somewhat of a presence, at least in the passing game. You can get Brady working with him early and, and, you know, hopefully de- developing with him because, you know, he's really a guy that they're going to need, uh, to immediately kind of step in and, and at least settle things down a little bit. I mean, cause even if they bring rookies in, uh, you know, they're still going to have, you know, somebody playing that role. Uh, you know, like when Gronk and Hernandez came in in 2010 and, you know, didn't step in immediately playing every down. Uh, it, it took them a year to work in uh, until they could get to that point. Uh, what do you think about the draft and the realistic possibilities that the Patriots uh, get one of the top three, um, you know, uh, tight end prospects, Hawkinson or Noah Fant out of uh, Iowa or uh, Irv uh, Smith out of Alabama? Sure. I mean, there, yeah, that's the big question, you know, is, is, are those guys available? I mean, I think it's really, it would probably come down to Fant and Smith, uh, you know, if the Patriots kind of stay where they're at. But I mean, I would certainly advocate, you know, this year, especially that, you know, needing the kind of guys that they need to come in and kind of make an immediate impact, it, it might make sense to, to move up kind of like they did in 2012. Um, but again, there's, there's just so many positions of need. It's, it's, uh, it's tough to match. Um, you know, I'm a big Debo Samuel fan. I really enjoy watching him play. Um, you know, somebody like that at the wide receiver position could, you know, come in and instantly, you know, bring a little bit of a spark there that they need. Um, and, uh, you know, the thing that's tough though is that, you know, Fant, is he going to come in and block? Not, you know, probably not. So, you know, that's still a, a significant role, um, you know, that they have to manage. Do they look at just a guy later who's, who's more of a blocker to kind of take on a role like that? Um, a lot of ways they could go because they've got a lot of needs and a lot of capital. So it, it's going to be interesting. Speaking once again with Mike Dussault of Pat's Propaganda.com. Hey everybody, I want to tell you about the future of mobile investing. It's called Robinhood. 
Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees, so you can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Plus, there is no account minimum deposit needed to get you started, so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy-to-understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections, such as the 100 most popular. With Robinhood, you can also learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio, discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right move moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of Patriot's Beat a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up now at patriots.robinhood.com. Once again, sign up at patriots.robinhood.com. Back with Mike Dussault of patspropaganda.com. Russell Wilson got his big deal on Monday. Four-year extension, $140 million, averaging out to about um, $35 million a year in average salary. $65 million of it is guaranteed. What does it mean for Tom Brady? go <laughs> it's good to be a quarterback i mean it's a you know it's it's hard to to say how these contracts now affect tom brady because i feel like his end is basically written i think we've all kind of including you know ownership and everything have you know resigned to the fact that he's kind of here until the end so sure. I, I it's it's is money really an object to Tom Brady anymore? I mean, is he going to uproot his team? And you know what I mean? I think that there's going to, they all have a path and a financial path, uh, forward to get him to, you know, whatever it may be, uh, because things can change quickly. But I mean, it's certainly good for Russell Wilson. It's, uh, it's good to be a quarterback in this league. And, and obviously it's, it's the key piece. And, uh, the Patriots would do well to find the next one after Tom Brady sooner than later. And certainly, Mike, they don't want, the Patriots don't want to go down the path of franchising Tom Brady. Not that I think that that's going to happen at all. I mean, Brady wants to win and for him to win, the Patriots need payroll cap space and they need payroll flexibility, right? So he's cutting off his nose to spite his face. If, you know, he uses the leverage he certainly does have um, to say, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to settle for anything less than, let's say, $30 million a year, um, which he might get anyway, who knows. But uh, the point is that Tom Brady knows what's best for the Patriots is best for him in the long run. And yes, he's going to take a hometown discount he has ever since he started this process of renegotiating and uh, maneuvering his contract back in 2013, I think it was. And I don't think it's going to stop now. I think he's going to be friendly to the Patriots. And, you know, I, I think a deal is probably going to be an extension is going to be pretty imminent. For sure. And I mean, I think that the, the, the biggest thing now is that, you know, we're entering kind of a new phase around him in, in terms of the offense, especially without Gronkowski, uh, you know, Edelman for, you know, hopefully this year, who knows how much longer. But, you know, it, I mean, it's amazing how many uh, versions of this offense Tom Brady has gone through. And the time is here again to, you know, kind of give him if he's going to get another Super Bowl to, to find the guys he's, he's going to do it with, because, you know, he can't lean on those same guys he's been leaning once again. So, so 
uh, with 12 picks, uh, this hopefully will lay the foundation for the final act. Yeah, you would think so, right, Mike? Uh, I want to read you a list, okay? And these 10 quarterbacks have made more money than Brady from their NFL contracts since he started taking less than his market value in 2013, as I mentioned just a little while ago. Aaron Rodgers, 155.3 million. Matthew Stafford, 127.5. Joe Flacco, 124. Matt Ryan, 123.7. Drew Brees, 123.2. Eli Manning, 113.7. Philip Rivers, 108.8. Ben Roethlisberger, 105.7. Alex Smith, pretty much 100 million right on the button. And Cam Newton, 88.4. Guess what Tom Brady has made? Um, in terms of money from his contract since he started taking less than market value in 2013. Take uh, a guess. 80? 85.7 million. 85.7. And that puts him at 11th. And what's interesting about those 10 names, only two of them have been to a Super Bowl. Well, the money went somewhere. Uh, it went around him, and I mean, it, it, it shows with the salary cap. I mean, you know, you talk about the Patriots being the first dynasty post salary cap. I mean, I, you know, would they have been able to do it, uh, you know, without Brady taking those kind of, uh, you know, manageable deals and, and, you know, understanding? I mean, I think he's been able to, the success he has had, he's made up the difference, I would say, <laughs> you know, uh, so it's all worked out for Tom Brady, but. You know, uh, amazing list though of, of guys who it is astonishing just, numbers. Yeah, it to me, it's mind-boggling because Brady could have made double, almost double in the half the amount of money that he is uh, settled for uh, when you compare it to the list that I just uh, read off. And by the way, those two quarterbacks who made the Super Bowl um, since 2013, Matt Ryan and Cam Newton. Yeah, it's, it's impressive how much money it's just, the quarterback is such the key part and it's a, it's a turning point for every team when they have those early years, especially with a, you know, a young quarterback on a manageable deal. Uh, and then it comes time to pay those guys and, and that instantly kind of resets your roster because now you can't spend on that huge defense and, and everything else. So it's, it's, uh, it's fascinating to see how teams, you know, get through those times and when they choose to invest and when they choose not to. It's April 2005, and University of California quarterback Aaron Rodgers is waiting excitedly in the green room during the NFL draft. It's looking like he'll be the number one pick by his hometown team, the San Francisco 49ers. But the day doesn't quite go as planned, and hours later, at pick number 24, Aaron Rodgers is finally selected by the Green Bay Packers. That draft day changed his career and the career of Brett Favre forever, sparking a rivalry that lasted over a decade. In Sports Wars, the new podcast from Wondery, you'll hear what happens when some of the most elite athletes in the world battle their biggest rivals for the chance to go down in history as one of the greats. You know how these stories begin, and even how some of them end. But what you don't know is what really happened in between. Who was right, who was wrong, and which side are you on? Sports Wars is hosted by Dan Rubenstein of Sports Illustrated and SB Nation, who has seen firsthand the drama, emotion, and greatness these rivalries can bring. You're about to listen to a clip of the first episode of Sports Wars that brings you deep into one of the most famous NFL rivalries, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers. 
an NFL icon versus a hotshot rookie. While you're listening, go subscribe to Sports Wars wherever you're listening right now. You can also find a link in the episode notes that will take you right to the show. Sports is all about rivalry. Two players, teams, or even ideas colliding. And fans have to choose a side. Sports rivalries can begin with a single moment. Aaron Rodgers will have the luxury to go play with Fred Favre and Green Bay. Or a controversial decision. Michael Jordan's stipulation, I'm on the dream team only if Isaiah is not. Fair or foul? Sometimes the fates of two superstars are forever linked. We know how these stories begin. And even when we've seen how some of them end. What about everything that went down in between? Who was right? Who was wrong? And which side are you on? From Wondery, the network behind Business Wars and Dirty John, I'm Dan Rubenstein, the host of Sports Wars. I've covered sports for years at places like Sports Illustrated and SB Nation, and have been fortunate enough to witness the drama, the greatness, and the emotion up close, which is why we're excited to bring you deep into some of the biggest rivalries in sports, like Brett Favre fighting off Aaron Rodgers for the starting QB job in Green Bay. Michael Jordan clashing with Isaiah Thomas, and the U.S. Olympic hockey team taking aim at the Soviet Union. The biggest names in sports and the rivalries that define them. It all starts on April 17th, so subscribe now to Sports Wars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now. Come on, button's right there. So easy. Speaking with Mike Dussault of Patriots, uh, or of patspropaganda.com. Follow him on Twitter at patspropaganda, all one word. Um, you gotta start eventually, right? Thinking about his replacement. It's only normal and only, um, you know, the smart thing for the Patriots to do. And look, Danny Etling was taken last year in the seventh round, uh, pretty much as a flyer, a developmental guy. And, Everybody I've ever spoken to about Danny Etling says he's a hard worker uh, and he's very good in practice. He's Brian Hoyer's replacement, the, the perfect scout team quarterback, the perfect guy that you want coming off the bench in an emergency, but he's not your long-term solution. And making the assumption, Mike, that the top quarterbacks, um, and we're talking about Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins, probably Missouri's Drew Locke, and Duke's Daniel Jones, they're probably going to be off the board by the time the Patriots uh, draft at 32, assuming the Patriots don't move up, which they could, but I doubt they would for a quarterback. Uh, you're looking at this following a group of QBs. Ryan Finley of North Carolina State, Clayton Thorson of Northwestern, Will Greer of West Virginia, Brett Rippon of Boise State, and here's, I'm going to throw this one out at you, six foot seven, Tyree Jackson, of Buffalo. What do you think? I like it. I mean, I, I, one guy I really like, and I mean, that I, I think you kind of always look for those traditional guys. Will Greer is, is certainly, I think he's kind of pinged all the Patriot, uh, you know, draft gurus 
um, for, for good reason. And, you know, I think you, when you look, certainly I, you know, Daniel Jones might be out of their reach, but you look for those traditional guys. Um, I, I the interesting thing I was thinking though is, you know, if, if this is really going to be, you know, Josh McDaniels for a little bit, if he gets the kind of pick, I mean, he's gone outside the box before drafting a guy like Tebow in the first round. You know, what, what is, do they have to replace Brady? Could they go a different direction with a more mobile guy rather than, uh, you know, the traditional passer to, to kind of succeed Brady? So, um, it, it'll be interesting to see Easton Sticks, another guy out of North Dakota State. Um, you know, you, you look for those guys with leadership quality, maybe a little bit over the physical uh, and, and maybe at the lower levels. Uh, I, I just think at this point, throw every quarterback you can at the wall uh, and try to get them mentoring under Brady for as long as possible. I think that Josh McDaniel, uh, Josh McDaniel's uh, factor and the aspect of this is actually very interesting, Mike, because he is the guy that's going to be working with the quarterback, assuming uh, that he stays on as offensive coordinator. And who knows if he's the head coach following Bill Belichick. I'm not necessarily buying into that assumption, you know, point blank. But, you know, I think there is a, a good possibility that, you know, he will be the offensive coordinator as long as Belichick is here. And he's a guy that's going to have to develop the next uh, quarterback after Brady. Yeah, and he's going to have a big say in, in who they pick next. And, I mean, I, I think when you look back at, you know, Ryan Mallett and Garoppolo, guys that they've kind of drafted before, um, you know, they had unique talents. I mean, I think Garoppolo coming out, you know, his release was, you know, universally appreciated as, you know, this guy can get the ball out quick. Um, and, and even Mallet, although it didn't really translate, you know, had a big arm. So, you know, they, they, they're drawn to these guys. I don't think it's necessarily scheme related. Uh, but if guys have unique talents and, and things that kind of stand out, I, I think they're kind of drawn to those kind of guys. All right, I want to uh, go over some historical perspective here with you, Mike. Mike Dusso of PatsPropaganda.com. New England Patriots hold 12 picks. You mentioned that a little bit earlier in this year's draft out of Nashville, Tennessee. And that's tied with the New York Giants for the most overall picks in this draft. The Patriots' uh, 12 picks are tied for the second highest draft day compilation for the team since the draft was shortened back in 1993. That's uh, quite a bit. Uh, quite a long period of time, you know, 26 years, um, and only the second time in that 26-year span the Patriots have had this many draft picks, uh, you know, come the three-day period. Patriots also drafted 12 players in 09 and 96, and 13, I should say, in 96. Mike, the Patriots are not drafting all 12 picks, right? I, 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 no, I mean, that's for sure. I mean, I think it's, but it's going to be the wild, wild west this year, I think. I mean, I, you know, they could move up, they could move down, they have significant, uh, positions of need. I mean, I would put left tackle still, you know, in the question mark as, you know, assuming that Isaiah Wynn is just going to be able to step in at that position. Um, you know, tight end, as we mentioned, wide receiver, um, you know, Secondary is getting a little old. The safety class is, is pretty good here. Um, so there's a lot of needs uh, and, and significant ones, ones where guys could step in and theoretically play day one just like Dante Hightower and Chandler Jones did in 2012. So um, I would be ready for anything. I think they trade up. You know, they trade down. You know, I mean, it's it's it's, it's going to be tough keeping track of, I think, because they really uh, need to find some guys that can come in and play. Of all the veterans that Bill Belichick has brought in, here in the off season so far, which ones stick out the most to you, including 
the um, Michael Bennett from the Eagles and Mike Pennell from the Jets. Yeah, well, those two I think are, are the where I would start immediately. I mean, that's those were necessary additions, uh, you know, ones to have to you know replace Malcolm Brown, who you know really gave you a lot of quality snaps and in, in Super Bowls and, and all that. So uh, Mike Pennell, you know, fits the mold, and I think that's you know has that kind of attitude you want from the interior defensive line, and I think he can play that role. Um, you know, Lawrence Guy, I think, had a little bit of a breakout year last year, so he's, he's you know another guy who's good inside with him, uh, and you know to bring in Bennett to kind of offset some of the loss of Trey Flowers, um, you know, in terms of the pass rush. Uh, but, you know, again, I think that's going to be by committee. You know, you're not going to replace all of what Trey Flowers did on, you know, for three downs with just Michael Bennett. So again, I think, you know, defensive end is a need as well. Um, so they've established a good solid line overall, but I, I think there's definitely some, uh, some spots where they're going to need some talent. And, and let's not forget, we're getting a lot of guys back, uh, you know, rookies from last year who got hurt and sat out last year. Belichick has always done a remarkable job, Mike, and, and you and I both know this. Every, I think every intelligent Patriots fan or every Patriots fan worth their salt knows that he has always blended the veterans with the younger players, the, the first and second year players, brilliantly. It seems like to me, with the roster getting older at very key positions, namely the secondary, uh, the safeties, um, and certainly um, the offensive line, um, I think that you know this is t- this is the time where uh, the Patriots start to lean a little bit more on y- younger players than he has in the past. I think he's going to have to. I mean, I think when you look at how long that, that they've been doing this, you look at the, the transition they went between when they, you know, last won a Super Bowl in 2004 to all the way until 2014, uh, you know, until they won again. So, I mean, you went 10 years in between Super Bowls. You had to turn over the defense. Your offense went through multiple phases. And, uh, you know, you can see how that dynasty kind of faded out. And, and now this one is, is kind of set to do the same. And it's can they squeeze it out of, you know, Chung, McCourty, uh, Hightower, those guys who have given you three more Super Bowls. Uh, it's kind of a race to the end. We know, you know, Brewski, Vrabel, that group, Fell a little short, you know, just short of getting that that fourth one in, in 2007. So, you know, the clock is definitely ticking, uh, and they're going to have to add some guys to, to kind of form the next generation. I mean, it's just amazing how long they've been doing it that they're, you know, going through this again, having to turn the entire team over. It's 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 insane. So, Mike, what are you guys going to be doing on PatsPropaganda.com to ramp up to April 25th through 27th? Sure. Well, I've been, you know, every year I try to come up with 50 prospect uh, big board and, you know, try to get as many of the Patriots picks as I can of those 50. I've been doing that for, oh my gosh, since I think 2010 was maybe the first year that I did it. So it's always a little way I challenge myself to try to, you know, figure out who they like. So I'm whittling that one down uh, and then, uh, you know, bang out a mock draft uh, in the week leading up and uh, and also uh, doing a Facebook live show called Foxborough and Friends with my good pal Fitzy uh, that we've been uh, shooting and, and doing live uh, at I Love Boston Sports in the uh, South Shore Plaza. So uh, we're looking to do a draft preview show of that as well uh, leading up. So it should be fun. It's always exciting, uh, you know, to get some new toys to play with uh, in the Patriots. <laughs> Can people stop by uh, the South Shore Plaza and say hi to you? 
Absolutely. We, uh, you know, it's, we got, we've got customers coming in and out of the stores. Usually they're not quite sure, but, uh, we had a couple of people come down last time, uh, you know, right at the end, uh, stop in and say hi. So it's, uh, it's a lot of fun and, uh, yeah, the more the merrier. Mike, I got to tell you, it's always a pleasure talking with you and, uh, you do a sensational job on patspropaganda.com. Be sure to follow Mike Dussault on Twitter at Pat's Propaganda. Really appreciate the time as always, Mike. No, for sure, Trax. Thanks for having me as always. Want to thank everybody for downloading today's podcast and thank our great sponsors, Sports Wars and Robin Hood. Also want to thank our great guest, Mike Dussault, who does a fantastic job for patspropaganda.com. Follow him once more on Twitter, at Pat's Propaganda. For producer Michael Angi and the founder of the network, Nick Gelso, this is Mike Petralia, and this has been the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Media. Hello, I'm Dan Lothian, host of the Behind the Media podcast on the CLNS Media Network. Along with Jimmy Young, we dive into the biggest media headlines each week with honest, informed, and sometimes irreverent perspectives. It's not all serious. We deliver information and entertainment. As we like to say on Behind the Media, we find the interesting in media so you don't have to go searching for it. Listen to our podcast and get prepped for the next trip to the water cooler. Subscribe to Behind the Media wherever you get your podcasts or find us on www.clnsmedia.com.